Welcome to Women in Retail Talks, the podcast where C-suite executive women in the retail space share their stories of professional growth, leadership development, personal journeys, and more. I'm Jennifer DeBasquale. I'm the co-founder and president of Women in Retail, a member-based community of executive women at leading retailers and brands. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Natalie Gerstein. She is the president of L'Oreal's Consumer Products Division in North America. Natalie is the first woman to hold this position in the history of the company, and she brings a breadth of wisdom and experience gained from her 20 years at L'Oreal. Today, we're talking with her about work-life integration, creating a culture that lifts up women, and her career journey throughout L'Oreal. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, everyone. Oh, good morning. It is great to have you here. So let's dive in. So you started, I want to talk about your career journey there. So you started as a sales executive in Paris for L'Oreal 20 years ago. Uh, I know you just recently celebrated your 20th anniversary at the company. Congratulations. Uh, I want you to walk us through the major parts of your career there from the beginning and what's inspired you to stay. I know not a lot of people have such longevity at companies nowadays, and it's great to see someone in your role at such a large company. So tell us what inspired you along the way and talk about your career. Yeah. So look, I start by sharing a bit more about my current role. So as president of L'Oreal's consumer product division, I am responsible for overseeing a vast portfolio of beloved brands, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the kinds of household brands familiar to millions in North America, including the number one beauty brand L'Oreal Paris, the number one makeup brand Maybelline New York, um, the number one natural brand Garnier, but also NYX Professional Makeup, AC, daughter, um, Thayer's Natural Remedies, and more. Um, And I also manage all aspects of the financial, marketing, and operational elements uh, within the division. Mm -hmm. But as as I see it, really, my most important responsibility today is continuously guiding and mentoring a fantastic, diverse team of people. And our North America consumer product division team makes me proud every single day. And I'm always striving to lead and inspire them with genuine human empathy. But back to, um, you know, those past 20 years at L'Oreal, when I joined L'Oreal in 2002, actually it was really for three reasons. The first one was that I absolutely wanted to pursue an international career. Mm. And I chose a company that would allow me to do so. The second one is that L'Oreal was actually created by a scientist. A lot of people don't necessarily know that, Um, but you know, Today, we have as many people working in our labs as we have people working in marketing. And I love that we put such a focus on real innovation and results. And last but not least, I was also drawn to L'Oreal because it's a company where everyone works together. Despite it being a large company, it has kind of a startup spirit. It Mm -hmm. allows the test and learn mentality, which is by the way, probably linked to the fact that we were created by a scientist. Mm -hmm. So when you're a scientist in a lab, you have to try and fail 100 times before you ultimately get to the right answer. And that's really part of our DNA. And that's for me, extremely inspiring. So my first job, you know, uh, at L'Oreal was in France. I applied for a marketing job. And during my interview, one of the questions I, I asked was, what is the role I'm interviewing for? 
And um, the HR person in front of me said, well, at L'Oreal, we're not filling positions. We're recruiting talents, which kind oh, of- I love that I, answer. Right. I found it a bit perturbing, you know, at the time, but I love it so much. And still, you know, um, still today, it, it holds true, um, you know, for, for the past 20 years. Uh, the, the, the objective is to hire people that are going to create an impact in the company, are going to help building the culture of the company, and are going to be in in the long run. Um, and that really worked well for me. The tradition, you know, at L'Oreal, it's to start in the field as a sales rep. Uh, so that's what I did. I mm -hmm. spent uh, nine months uh, in Eastern France in charge of 60 stores. So I was mm -hmm. going from store to store every day, meeting store managers, consumers, understanding the brands. Um, and it's very linked um, to uh, the, say, uh, the saying that we have here, which is that you have to be a thinker and a doer at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and this means that you have to be able to roll up your sleeve, understand the operational side of the business. And at that time, you know, at the same time, be very strategic about where you want to take the business in the long term. So I think starting in this position as a sales rep has really given me that vantage point into how business works and uh, how our consumer uh, thinks. Um, and then at L'Oreal, you also learn very quickly to step out of your comfort zone uh, to really get into the growth zone. So when you start being a bit comfortable in a role, well, you are offered uh, to move to uh, another step and learn uh, new things. So, uh, for example, you know, when I was given the chance to uh, to take on marketing for Garnier in Europe, Mm -hmm. um, it gave me the opportunity to travel to uh, 28 countries in my area. I found it very challenging, but also rewarding. While sure. before that, I was only working in France, so I didn't know much more outside of the, the boundaries of, of, uh, of French. So, um, so it's been really an interesting um, journey. Uh, so after uh, you know, being a sales rep and being in charge of the French business for L'Oréal Paris. Then, as I said, I moved to a regional role. I was the head of marketing of Garnier for the Europe zone. And, um, and then as part of staying in that growth zone, I wanted to go to an emerging market. Uh, mm -hmm. Because if you remember, one of the reasons I joined L'Oréal is really to have an international career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after nine years between France and Europe, I'm like, OK, I, I would love to understand a bit emerging markets. Um, and I went to, uh, to India uh, and it was such a rich experience for me, both culturally and professionally. Um, I learned a lot about a very different market, very different beauty habits. L'Oreal is not the leader in India, while it's such a big company, you know, in France and in Europe. So, yep. so it was also a very humbling experience. Um, so I spent three years in India in charge of L'Oreal Paris and Garnier. And after that, I moved to Thailand because I wanted to learn more about Asia. And so for, for some time, I was in charge of leading the consumer products division in Thailand. And after that, I replaced my boss as the CEO uh, of L'Oreal, uh, Thailand, Laos, and Cambodia. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And so I oversaw our L'Oreal four divisions and corporate functions, you know, in that region. And I had my daughter in Thailand. So it will always, you know, remain a very special place um, for me. And in 2018, I was offered the opportunity to lead uh, L'Oreal's consumer product division in the U.S., uh, which is uh, our number one subsidiary and our biggest division. Um, so a lot of pressure maybe, but also a lot of room for growth. And it's been an amazing journey since I started here. Oh, I love the trajectory of, of your roadmap. I mean, so interesting. It's not like you were, you know, just kind of working your way up. You were, you were working your way over to different areas and learning that consumer, which is different from, you know, the U.S. consumer, all of it. Such an interesting trajectory. You, me you mentioned, um, Natalie, that you were, you know, you really wanted to build an international career. Why was that so important to you? Yes, I've always found travel to be like so rewarding. Um, and I knew I wanted to travel and work in different countries. So L'Oreal was really a way for me to accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, my parents actually were very... Uh, um, very interested by traveling. So since I was a kid, I got the uh, the luck and the opportunity to be able to, to, you know, discover different culture and it kind of stayed with me. I've always been a very curious person. And so having the opportunity to work internationally has kept me, you know, in the growth zone. I'm always learning new things. And for example, early in my career, I learned not to assume that you know or understand cultures around you. Rather, we should seek to learn. So I was born and raised in France, and so I always felt European. Um, but it wasn't until I started to work across the Europe zone for L'Oreal that I realized how diverse Europe was. Right. So having an open mindset, you know, and being ready to unlearn in order to learn is a very good approach. And then working in Asia, uh, also taught me so much about non-Western cultures. This growth was really both professional, as I learned about different markets and consumption habits, but also personal, as I grew as a leader. I learned more about different perspectives and practices. So, um, so it's been such a, an enriching uh, path, you know, for me. I love it. Um, I always think that you know the best leaders are the most curious. Right. Mm -hmm. And doing deep dives into all of those cultures, I'm sure has been so life changing for you. What do you think? Tell me, you know, in your own words, what the biggest learnings have been along the way? I think it's really about um, what is very rewarding is you learn both about yourself and about cultures, about the industry, about go to market strategies um, and to to be in that posture of a learner all the time is really uh, fascinating. There's a quote that I love and I really made it my motto, which is life isn't about avoiding the storm or waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And, um, and I think that's kind of encapsulates pretty well what I love about my career journey and what it taught me, you know, along the years. Yeah, so relatable for what everybody has been through these past couple of years, too. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, let's talk about the fact that you are the first woman ever to hold this position at L'Oreal. And I know that that must come with its fair share of challenges, including perhaps 
uh, integrating the and balancing family life in a different way than than maybe your you know some of your male counterparts have yeah. not had to do right, especially during the pandemic. We all know the pandemic had seismic shifts upon women in the workforce. Why is it important to you to represent female leaders at such an iconic brand like L'Oreal? Yeah. So um, so look. Um... I think you are absolutely right. Uh, there are some other challenges that we face as women in uh, in those positions, and I've always had at heart to, uh, uh, you know, make sure I recognize that for myself and also for others. So throughout my career, uh, you know, when I think back, well, actually, I've been told the same thing over and over again, and I bet you know the same is true for many other women listening today. I've been told I am too ambitious, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when I look at my wonderful seven-year-old daughter, I can't help but think about a TED talk that I love given by the amazing Reshma Sojani, the founder oh, of- Oh gosh, yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and in it, Reshma said, we're raising our girls to be perfect and we are raising our boys to be brave. Mm. We have to disrupt that pattern and carve out, you know, a new path forward for the girls in our lives and for ourselves. We need to start telling a totally different story about what it means to fail. And, you know, I believe the only reason I've made it to this point in life is because I refused to apologize for my ambition and drive. I've never played it safe. I've always been open to new adventures and challenging the statu quo because I'm a learner at heart. And we, we yeah. spoke about that, like learning has been, and curiosity has really been my driver. So I've continued really surging forward, no matter how many failures, you know, I've had along the way. And yeah. I let these moments like teach me more about myself and my journey, but not tear me down. Um, and is that, is that, do you think that's how you were raised? Is that, you know, part and parcel to, to your parents, how they yeah, raised you? Yeah, I think it's that, that, that's something that came from within. Yeah, no, it's a very good, uh, good question. I think it's a mix of both. I think my, my parents, I had the chance to be, uh, uh, you know, very well supported uh, by my parents uh, who told me, uh, uh, who taught me one critical value in life, which is work. And that you can make anything happen how uh, as long as you work very hard for it. And it doesn't matter where you come from. I come from a very humble, uh, you know, uh, family. And it doesn't matter where you come from geographically or in terms of, um, you know, background or um, you're going to face different challenges, mm -hmm. but you can make it happen. And, um, and, you know, so I look to my colleagues, team members and friends uh, to also carry this message forward to the other girls and women in their lives. Um, and, you know, to my daughter and to every other young woman out there, um, I think you should follow your heart and be bold instead, you know, be brave, be ambitious. Um, that's what's going to drive you in life. Yeah. And it's, it's so important for, um, you know, young women to see themselves right. And you, and you're certainly setting a, a great example. I have three kids, so I can completely relate. And I have a, an 11 year old daughter. So I'm, I'm constantly thinking like, am I setting the right example? Am I, you know, 
Yeah, I know it's a lot of pressure on us. <laughs> Probably more pressure than we put on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. Well, tell me, have you have you had mentors along the way? Um, whether it was within the company, outside of the company? Yeah. Yeah, look, I've had many mentors along the way, um, whether it's inside the company or outside the company. And by the way, not only women, also men, yeah. because when I started in this industry, it was really dominated by men. But there are a lot of men who did believe in me and saw the opportunity for, you know, increasing the number of women at the top of the company. Um, and that's probably a message that I want to give to um, to the women that are listening to us, which is that you have to create your network and you have to accept also to be supported by other leaders in the industry because you can get so much out of it. So building your network is um, is really uh, critical. Um, and for me, for example, it's very important you know, uh, as a leader to be able to mentor uh, young women uh, as well. Um, I want to create that culture that lifts up women, you know, uh, I think it's also my, um, my duty now to give back and to help mentoring those young women that are, you know, uh, part of the of the rising um, energy for tomorrow. It's very true. I mean, we talk about that within, you know, the walls of women in retail all the time, you know, in terms of expanding your network and, mm. you know, how can you, how can you learn, you know, from someone in your network or um, just, you know, doing general outreaches and touching base with people on a regular basis. It just all lends itself to building and compounding that network, which isn't so important to, you know, move ahead in your career. Yeah. And, you know, as a working mother of a young daughter, I'm passionately dedicated to uplifting our girls and young women. And you, you said it just before, like the pandemic was especially tough on working moms. Yeah. And unfortunately, so many mothers have been forced, you know, to leave the workforce due to the demands and financial obligations of motherhood. And as a working mom, I know a little bit about this. I know it's not easy. So having a seven-year-old daughter, you know, I see great value in mentoring, inspiring and uplifting the next generation of young women to be brave, uh, to embrace their ambition and to keep persevering no matter what. And I've been fortunate to be able to mentor young women around the world as part of my diverse international experiences, both personally and professionally. And yeah. these experiences have been hugely rewarding for me honestly uh, I think I've gotten just as much out of them as my mentees have and I'm incredibly proud of the young women in my life and I will continue to support their individual journeys you know every step of the way I think it's important as a leader who is a working mom to be very vocal also about my own experiences and um, and serve uh, you know, as a role model, I talk a lot about my daughter when I communicate to my leadership team and the broader consumer product division across North America. I talk about how I took her to school on our first day, how we went on holiday this summer to France to visit the family, you know, all of those things that are so important that working parents often feel like they have to hide uh, to show they are committing to the job. And, and I think we need to... Um, to change that, I think 
when you have a leader who shares that, you feel more comfortable sharing that too. And that's much healthier environment. It's about building a culture of psychological safety for me. Yeah, it's so true. And I do think that that has been one of the silver linings of COVID, right? Is that leaders, you know, suddenly feel it's okay to be transparent with, you know, their holistic life. You know, I mean, my my kids have seen, you know, my team on screen every week, you know, dog barks and, you know, or, you know, you're taking care of a loved one or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's life. It's real life. So I think that is one of the things that's come from the pandemic. And it's, it's sort of, you know, created this impetus for everyone to be more transparent in leadership and say, yeah. it's okay. You know, we know that you're committed to the company, but you're also, you know, a holistic human with other things going on. <laughs> and if I can do that, then you can do that too. You can share Absolutely. That and it feels much better. That's yeah, what it does. Is. It does. And it's much more bonding and it's real. Yeah. 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 Well, tell us, um, you know, I know obviously you've been focused on helping create a culture that lifts women up uh, and better caters to, you know, particularly working mothers overall. Walk me through what that looks like for you personally, as well as within the walls of L'Oreal. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, as we said, I think it's about being much more real and try to also um, um, let go of that boundary between your professional self and the real you outside of the office. I think it's important to uh, to be able to uh, to um, embrace all the facets uh, of your life. And so being able to, for your team to be able to see you as a working mom as well is a good thing because that's who you are. Um, so I think we have to be uh, um, much more, you know, we have to... Um, to accept to not always have all the answers and also yeah. share the perspective um, that we have on life. Uh, I think this is uh, very critical for us to be more personable as leaders and also to uh, to create a, 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 a real and a true bonding with our teams. Does, does L'Oreal have a women's group or an ERG within the company? Well, we are many, many women, uh, you know, and, and it's a very diverse culture, which I'm yeah. I'm really uh, proud of. So it's more like a, a spontaneous mentorship uh, yeah. that happens. And in the U.S., we have a, a woman think tank uh, where we welcome those conversations. And, uh, and I think it's extremely helpful for people to have that forum to be able to exchange. Yeah, that's great. Or is is how you know you you've mentioned diversity within in the walls of L'Oreal. Is that a top down approach? How do you guys approach you know diversity? Yeah, look, uh, I think it has been top down at the at the beginning of the journey, uh, and it's interesting to remember that you know Jean Paul Agon, who is our chairman and was our previous CEO, um, one like the first thing he did when he started as a CEO of the company in uh, well probably 15 years ago uh, now, was to create two new positions. One was chief ethics officer, and one was chief diversity and inclusion officer. So it was definitely, you know, uh, uh, coming from the top that diversity, inclusion is going to be important for L'Oreal. And and there was already a lot of work done on that from before. But then it was kind of, okay, that's it. This is where we are going as a company. 
And then, so it started from the top, but now it's embraced at every level of the company. Um, and, you know, last year, L'Oreal is the first company who got certified Edge Plus. Um, and Edge is actually a, a, a third party organization, which is the economic dividend for gender equality. So it's really the best assessment tool to assess equity within the workplace uh, across all dimensions of diversity. So it's gender, age, uh, disabilities, sexual orientation. And so um, we, we really managed to reach equity. Uh, and, and, you know, it's possible. Uh, it's possible because um, it has to come from the top. It has to be embraced within the team. We have to keep monitoring what we do all the time. So I have DNI champion within my division, and we also look at the numbers. Like, how are we doing on all the, you know, the the different metrics when it comes to diversity? And I think what's important above all is to create a culture of inclusion. Because I firmly believe that diversity is a consequence of inclusion. It's not the other way around, right? Yep. People need to feel seen. They need to feel heard. They need to feel they belong. So then they want to stay. Um, and that has been our, uh, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion uh, journey at L'Oreal. There is still a lot to be done, of course. Sure. And, uh, and we will keep uh, working on it, you know, with my team tirelessly uh, because we need to keep uh, uh, doing even more. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting. Um, we're we're launching uh, a DEI uh, peer group within our women in retail community, and it's it's you know everyone's on a different point in their their DEI journey, right? Yeah. In their continuum. Every company, whether it's large or small, you know, someone like you um, can enact so much change, um, but there's still so much work to be done, and it's just yeah. interesting seeing you know, having leaders like you share kind of tips and tricks of how do you create that inclusive environment within your own walls, whether it's a, you know, an SMB company all the way up to enterprise. Do you have any advice for that? Do you have any? No, I think first, I mean, congratulations. I think it's great that you are also, uh, you know, um, trying to uh, foster that conversation within yeah. the industry. And I think it's, it's a lot about test and learn again. Like there is no... Yeah. Uh, a playbook and or a kind of solution uh, that that everybody should uh, uh, should uh, follow uh, but it's a lot about learning about what others do and trying to uh, depending on the, the size of your company de depending on the readiness uh, then uh, being very proactive on uh, on the topic yeah and it, it it's it's you know to your point it's a top-down approach for sure hmm. Um, well, let's let's talk about some advice uh, for, you know, we have a lot of uh, women following us who may be a director in their career, maybe they're a, at a VP and they're trying to get to an EVP or CMO level. What kind of advice do you have for women looking to advance within their industry and have their eye on the C-suite? Well, um, you know, I think everybody has to find their own way. So I, I, but I can share uh, one piece of advice um, that I tell all women, including women in beauty and retail, it's to step out of your comfort zone. Uh, so you can find that growth zone that we were talking about. And a lot of this is combating your inner voice that's filled with doubt or hesitation and just going for it. So 
we can be so hesitant to put ourselves forward for a new title or promotion because we don't think we're good enough or we're trying to be humble, but it's important for us to realize that we are worth it. Um, and you should be optimistic and brave when it comes to these types of opportunities because anything is possible. And at the end of the day, even if you don't win, then you learn a lot and you get to meet so many amazing people along the way. Um, and I would also say that it's important to build your network. You know, we, we spoke a little bit about that, but it's really important so that you have people to reach out to for advice. Um, I've been the first woman in many roles I held, and I felt empowered to go further, supported and encouraged uh, by my managers. So get out of the comfort zone, build your network. I think that's really the way to keep learning and to keep progressing. Yeah, I love that. Pushing past your own imposter syndrome. Yeah, right. A <laughs> um, couple more questions and then I will let you wrap up. But I wanted to touch on, so you're on the board of Dermtech, which is an American biotech company. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about the company and what are, you know, on the flip side, our audience is a lot of C-suites, as you know, and a lot of them are trying to get on boards, yeah. um, which now there's more opportunity than ever before for women to get on boards. So what are some of the fundamental lessons you've had from being on this board? Yes, um, I have, I've enjoyed being on the board of Dermtech. So it's a public American biotech company. And I've enjoyed working with them because there are so many different experiences and backgrounds coming together. So at Dermtech, uh, I have the opportunity to collaborate with an amazing group of leaders from biotech, science, medical backgrounds, and it's really stimulating to engage with bright people around new ideas, all around the critical mission to change lives and reduce melanoma risk. So let me tell you a little bit more. Um, every day I feel very honored uh, to serve on the board uh, of a company that firmly believes we can help end death from melanoma uh, by making skin exams accessible to all. And so their talented team has developed the smart sticker, what they call the smart sticker, which is a non-invasive tool that can detect melanoma at an early stage through genomics. And this great team is now making it known throughout the, Amer the USA uh, to benefit everybody. So ask your dermatologist oh, uh, about cool. it. Yeah, because it's really a great, uh, it's a great technology. And, you know, um, beyond this amazing mission, what being on the board of Dermtech has taught me is that it's also great to, um, to open your mind. Uh, to uh, you know, new ideas, new industries, new ways of thinking, because by doing that, you get even better at what you do every day. So, you know, L'Oreal is one part of me, but the more I nurture myself outside of L'Oreal, I also get better at what I do within the walls of L'Oreal. So I think it's also about enriching 
you know your experiences and um, and being on a board is definitely a, a very interesting add to your your, your toolbox and uh, and it's also it also makes you uh, more agile you know in the conversation understanding you know what ag agility uh, what leadership and what growth means in a different sector from the one you're working on every day so so it's been extremely enriching and how did you how did you get on the board was that something you were seeking did they come to you how did that come to be they came to me and okay. uh they came to me so i was lucky that they uh that they found me <laughs> Um, but you know, it's also because there are a lot of adjacencies somehow. It's like skincare is a big part of the business I do every day for L'Oreal. Yeah. And Germ Tech, with their tool to fight against melanoma, they are also learning a lot about skin. And so there are some adjacencies, which is also why I got so interested yeah. uh, when, uh, when they started uh, telling me about their mission. And uh, um, because I found it like a natural extension, you know, sure. of my passion um, for beauty and, and what I do every day. Such a perfect compliment to what you're yeah. already doing. Well, what is what is next for you? Tell us about your personal goals and maybe some corporate goals. Yeah, no, look, my personal goal is I'm a stage in life where, you know, we spoke about it. I really want to keep mentoring uh, young women. I want to make sure that, and that's the great thing is that, you know, the, the corporate world that I grew in, is going to be very different from the corporate world that our daughters uh, are, are going to grow in, which is great because it's going to be much more open for women. And uh, and I think we, uh, you know, uh, in this generation have a role to play uh, to make that possible for the next generation. So, um, so that has been on my mind for some time. And today I feel, you know, I have the uh, the means to uh, to make it happen and to really help this new generation. Yeah. Such a great, such a great impact. Well, I have loved getting to know you. Thank you so much for joining us. I love your spirit. I love your, your championing of women and all of the great things that you're doing there at L'Oreal. And I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It was really my pleasure to be here. I enjoyed our time together. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please go to womeninretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Women in Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review our show. Lastly, if you're a female retail leader interested in joining our community at Women in Retail Leadership Circle, visit womeninretail.com slash apply. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Women in Retail Talks.